0: You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome on in to your Georgia Tech Preview Pod. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard with you here on the Locked On Syracuse Podcast. And Tim, we got so much to get to today. We've got all the Georgia Tech info you're going to need, the keys for Syracuse. We're of course going to do our prop shop as well. You can check out the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. You'll get all the latest updates and news about Syracuse football, basketball, recruiting, as well as with the podcasts and, and all that good stuff. But I think we have to start with this because this is what's going to drive some people crazy, is the fact that <laughs> you're not going to be able to get the game on your television. You're going to have to go through some back channels if you want to watch this game. So I think we have to start with this, Tim. And I will say this because... We mentioned on, I believe it was the Wednesday show, maybe it was the Tuesday show, that it's looking like you're not going to get the game because of the Yankees over, overlapping with the time of the right. Syracuse game, yeah. and, and the Yes Network, of course, is going to opt with the Yankees as opposed to a college football game, and I'm, I'm watching the Cubs game last night, okay? You know who's airing the the Syracuse game in, in the market? The marquee sports network, aka the Yes Network of the Chicago area, so, so you I are get to getting watch it. it. On a I get TV. to watch it. Li- I get it live too. That's the thing. Is like if you watch it on your it's laptop delayed. or whatever, you're yeah. getting a little bit of a delay. You're probably three or four plays behind. But I'm gonna get it live for all of this this game. So I'm looking forward Lucky to you. that being yeah. a, being ahead of everybody a little bit. So that's gonna be. A lot of fun. Um, and it's funny, the the Cubs announcer their their color commentator, Jim Deshaies, as soon as they're reading the promo for, we're going to have college football this weekend on the Marquee Sports Network, Georgia Tech and Syracuse. He just belts out a "Go Orange," so maybe that's an omen. Maybe that's an omen for the the, the this weekend. They're well, making their debut on. You the had Marcus an
0: omen last weekend. week that didn't pay off. Didn't you see someone walking? I did. Walking yes. In and-
1: well, I also saw another person walking today in a Syracuse shirt. So they're everywhere, man. I don't know. These these omens are popping up, but they're not they're not paying off. So right. maybe at some point. But anyways, we have to start with this, Tim. I'm gonna go- walk you through how you get the game. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. I'm dumb gonna it walk down you for through. me. You ready for this? Okay? <laughs> yep. Because I feel like everyone everyone that's going to be struggling this weekend is going to benefit from this, okay? All right. So let's start, okay? All right. I want you to log on to to espn.com. Okay. I've done that before. You've done that. You All can right, do it's that. Loading. It's not above above the pay grade. Should I go watch ESPN? That's where I'm going, then right? You- then, then you hit the watch button. Yes, there you okay, go. Okay. Yeah. Watch button. I pulled it up. Okay. You're
0: there. Yeah, okay, I, can, I can watch okay. first take right now if you want me to do that. See how my self. No, no, lost. please don't. No, I'm okay. all right.
1: I'm all right. Um, next up, you got to go to their schedule. You see schedule. Yep, I got that. Should the top. be on that top little bar there. All right. You're this there.
0: This is great. I, I'm gonna just gonna copy this and then play it back when I have to do it on uh, Saturday. There you go. Here.
1: Step by step. I feel like I'm. I'm like starting up and like showing my, my grandparents how to use their new iPhone right now. Yeah. All right. You ready? You ready for it? I'm ready. All right. Now, now you're gonna go, and on schedule there should be a couple drop down menus. You have to go to the college football. Yep. Under the sport. I tab. see that. You got that. I, I've you see I'm that? way ahead
0: of you here. I, I've I've got oh, it man. in front of me. I yeah. Take that, grandma. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. College football. Then do you see the
1: Syracuse game?
0: Oh my! Wait a second. It says it's blacked out, though,
1: on my laptop right now. I'm, you're blacked I'm, I'm, out. I'm looking it. So I'm wondering if you're going to get it in an RSN, maybe. But
0: <laughs> That's great. So, so I, I still might not be able be to watch. Out. Yeah, so you can't <laughs> even watch it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess it's a lost cause. Did you know Turn we're playing Pitt go. and women's volleyball this weekend? Friday and Saturday. I, I did
1: not know. I thought all those sports were getting canceled, but may, yeah. maybe not. They're uh, not. I know. Uh, well, the championships, I think, all got moved to the spring or something for the, right. like, the non-rev Olympic sports. Yeah, but they're but, still kicking most of them so yeah yeah, for the most part um except for soccer they're actually not kicking um they've had a couple games canceled they've had a couple positive tests but anyway that's a whole nother story um okay so you've gotten that far you got blacked out you should not be getting blacked out though if you are in the syracuse market yeah because you should be able to sign into your cable provider um and, and you should be able to get the game that way as well yeah, I think um, so you can get it on Fox step-by-step. Sports too. Just, just yeah, or on the Fox you... Sports app as well. Um, we, we can maybe do a, a Fox Sports tutorial later, but right. yeah, no, just, uh, just watch ESPN. It, it's not hard. It's not hard. Everyone com- likes to complain on game day. It's not hard. I just gave you the step by step. Tim and I aren't, I'm just explaining it to him over the phone, like, like he's grandma setting up her new iPad. So it's, uh, it's not that hard. Um, and, and you should be able to do it. And if you, you need any help uh feel free to but it's harder at, than at, it should be overall. You, you should be able to it turn it be. on the team. But yeah. you know what if you, if you if you have some problems with it just just tweet at James Zuba, all right? He can help you. Out. Oh my guess. <laughs> te- the technician J- James Zuba will help you out with it. All right. Let's get into a couple of things here. Let's start with some Syracuse keys for this game and then we'll get into a fully fleshed out Georgia Tech preview with everything that's going on, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm seeing out of Syracuse and what I want to see out of them based on a couple of things based on the numbers that we got from Anthony Debundo in the last uh in the Debundo's digits segment of our Thursday show and based on the things that I'm seeing on tape from Georgia Tech I really want to see this team semi commit I'm not saying fully commit you don't have to fully commit but I want to see an effort to run the ball yep because you're going to know within your first four drives I think whether or not this team can do anything with the run because I'm not taking a lot of stock from those first two games. they top 25 opponents. Sure, I'm down on the team. and I think I'm more down because of the way that that some of those games played out as opposed to the actual result. Like it's a frustrating offense to watch and we've kind of detailed that in uh, our podcasts and interviews with Zach Mahoney from earlier in the week. If you want to check those out, he had some great stuff to say about this Syracuse offense. But what I'm saying here is if you can't run the ball against Georgia Tech, because their defensive line does not create that crunch in the trenches that is going to really stop these these running backs. I mean, we've seen running backs this year already have do a number on this team, on this Georgia Tech team. Listen, UNC's got some of the best linebackers in the country. Pitt's got arguably the best defensive line in the country. It's going to be tough to run the ball against those two teams. But if you can't do it against Georgia Tech, then you can't run the ball this year. Yeah, flat out, plain and simple, you can't run the ball. Right. I mean, maybe you'll have better success against
0: Liberty, but this is about as good as it's going to get on the schedule for Syracuse. And Georgia Tech's got a pretty solid defense. It's experienced. They run a 4-2-5 scheme. I, I'm i looking for them to run the football as well, but not just run the football up the middle. I'm kind of sick of the dive plays right into the center or the left guard for a pickup of one. Let's get outside the tackles. We've got one of the fastest running backs in the ACC in Jawar Jordan a guy that we know is a big play threat once he gets out into the open space. Let's try to get him there, whether it's him catching the football screen passes or just sweeps, tosses, get, his, get some jet sweeps going where you get Nikeem the ball in a reverse. Get more creative with the running plays for me is the biggest thing.
1: And there's so many ways that you can utilize the running backs. You kind of brought up the screen passes. That's another thing I want to see. That's something you can do against yeah. this Georgia Tech team. I saw it a lot in Let's that just Florida hope that State Tommy team.
0: doesn't throw it three feet behind Sean Tucker when they do. Right, the like he did back. last time. Yeah. So
1: with, with the running game too, again, we, we haven't seen Markenzie Pierre get a ton of touches this year. He's been mostly in, it feels like, in, in pass protection downs. Jawar Jordan has been less than satisfactory, I think, but he's, it's not as fault. definitely in the group I, of stock
0: down. Yeah, no, it's I not I wouldn't even put him fault. in stock down. I, I really don't think it's anything... I mean, the offensive line numbers we detailed after week one where they're getting like 0.2 yards of push before contact and stuff. It's like the worst numbers you could possibly have. Now, they should have better lanes in this game, and obviously he's probably missed some lanes, and Sean Tucker's maybe taken more advantage of his limited time compared to Jordan. I... I would not pick on Jordan, though. He's a outside-the-tackles type of runner, and they're having him go in between the tackles with no offensive line penetration and no
1: push whatsoever. And that's why I think the screens could be really important and helpful for this offense. If they can get some downfield blocking, and again, they've kind of whiffed on some of these plays already, so I'm hoping it's something that they've been ramping up in practice this week, but I don't know. I'm not in that practice facility from... Monday through Friday. I mean, I'm never in the practice facility actually, and I don't think anyone really is besides the players these days because of all the protocols and stuff like that. But it's it's one of those things where you need this these running backs to give you something. Okay, I don't care if it's uh, an extension of the passing game of the running game rather by throwing some of these screen passes. I don't care if it's a direct run, handoff, pitch, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. You got to get something going on, on the ground, or otherwise you really have no chance. And that's what I want to see out of this team, because if they can't get the ball going this on the ground at all this week, then guess what? They're they not going to get the ball going on the ground at all this season. Yeah. At all. And and that's the, the sad reality that you're kind of facing yourself. And again, I put Chris Elmore in my stock down, but I did put the disclaimer out there, the caveat, that he has actually been pretty good, from my eyes at least, in the run game. And I think it's mostly because he's a pretty mobile guy too on the offensive line. So that's what I want to see. I want to see Chris Elmore go out, make your hay here because it hasn't been very pretty in the passing protection so far. And again, he's playing out of position. I don't want this to be some giant knock on Chris Elmore, even though it may sound that way. He's, he's a fullback slash tight end who's playing offensive guard for you right now. That's not a situation that you want to be in. And I I credit him for being open to it and, and providing that versatility. But It ain't his position, so it's tough to knock the guy, but again, it has been less than satisfactory on that left side of the line.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. The standard down runs have to be better. In order to get this offense going faster, you got to get first downs to get into the no huddle aspect of things. So we get into Georgia Tech, but running the football is paramount in this game. If they can't run the football, they're just going to lose again. That's kind of the bottom line.
1: Real quick, I want to hit on one thing defensively. You can take advantage of some of the mistakes Jeff Sims makes. Yep. As electric as he is, he does make mistakes. And we'll highlight some of them in a little bit when we break down Georgia Tech. But this is a guy that you can turn over. He he threw a couple of red zone picks in the opener against Florida State that really set that team back. They only scored 16 points, but they still pulled out a win. But they could have had 30, 35, 27 points somewhere in that ballpark if they were taking better care of the football. So... That's another thing I want to point out with this Georgia Tech team is you can turn them over. And we've seen Syracuse, especially on the defensive side, create opportunities to score. And you're going to have to see this team finish some drives if they want to win. All right, we'll get to the Georgia Tech side of things in just a second. But first, we got to tell you about our favorite protein bar on the market. That, of course, is the one, the only Built Bar. You know, Tim, everyone needs a pick-me-up after a workout. Just like sometimes the Syracuse offense needs a little pick-me-up after running around and maybe some three and outs out there, you need a pick-me-up too. And what better way to do it than with Built Bar? 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and the best part is that it tastes just like a candy bar.
0: Yeah, I hope that uh, Syracuse's offensive line went deep into the Bilt Bar flavors this week and and get them ready for Pittsburgh by bulking up, but doing it in like a health conscious way. I mean, it, we've talked about it enough. It's a protein bar that literally tastes like a candy bar and you can't find any better tasting protein bar out there.
1: So right now for a limited time, go to builtbar.com. use the promo code Locked On. you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, go to builtbar.com. use the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your next order. All right, so this is a trivia question now. All right, that we're going to have on our hands. Who is the team that opened up the new dome? Syracuse and who? It's of course going to be the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Not who, I'm who I would again to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would guess like a down the road. like a Holy Cross or or a Wagner or something like that, or Stony Brook, something yeah. along those lines, or at least but, someone in their
0: division. You probably wouldn't take yeah. a stab at a coastal team, but obviously those right. are out the window this
1: year. Absolutely. So. When you look at Georgia Tech, and I'm really interested, actually, a little more of a sidebar here, but I'm interested to see what the dome's going to look like on TV. I think that's going to be really fascinating. Yeah, did you see uh, Leon
0: Lowry's Instagram story that was floating around I on did know. I did not, no. I would encourage anyone to
1: check it out.
0: It looks good. They took some. He took some videos of them walking out of the tunnel and checking out. I guess they did a practice there. I think Dino referred to that earlier in the week, how they were planning on doing that. And it's just sights and sounds looking up at the Jumbotron and the Jumbotron looks pretty clean. I got to say, and it's going around on Twitter. I think Mike McAllister posted some photos and sort of screenshot of what Lowry put up, but it it looks pretty good from what I've seen from those
1: videos. All right. So I'll have to check all of that out. I'm looking forward to the whole presentation. We're going to get to some dome stuff in the prop shop as well. So that's coming up in just a little bit. Okay. So Georgia Tech, this is a team that can move the ball. They move the ball well. Albeit in a number of ways, too. I mean, they can get the ball going on the ground. They've got a, a, like a three-headed monster in the backfield for them. And then on top of that, you've got a freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback in Jeff Sims, dual threat, top 100 recruit uh, back in the day, which, I mean, the day was not too long ago. He's a freshman this year. Yeah. He flipped his commitment from Florida State to Georgia Tech. Ironically enough, goes out, beats Florida State in his debut. That had to feel good. And, yeah. And I gotta say, Jeff Sims, I've seen a lot of things that I really like out of him. You know what I I kind of think of when I see this? It reminds me of Syracuse in those first couple years under Dino Babers, where, sure, the end product was 4-8, but you had a fast offense, you had a quarterback like Eric Dungy, and it, it made you feel a little excited about Syracuse football. Sure, the wins weren't there right away, but you can get there. Like Georgia tech is going to upset a team because Jeff Sims is going to go out and ball out at some point. They're going to beat a team that they should not beat this year. And in fact, they already have in a a team like Florida state. I think they were like 13 and a half point underdogs on the road in that game on the road with fans in the stands. So that's what I'm looking forward to here is what can Jeff Sims do against this Syracuse team? Because it's kind of that clash where, it's it's kind of funny how the game sets up because you've got a pretty dynamic offense going up against a very stingy defense. That's Georgia Tech's offense, Syracuse's defense. Then you've got a stagnant offense that really hasn't moved the ball at all, can't score in the red zone or out of it against a defense who's also pretty lackluster, can let up some big plays. So I'm kind of interested in that that stoppable force versus movable object. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not unstoppable versus immovable, stoppable versus movable. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued about how that matchup is going to play out this weekend on the offensive side of the ball for Syracuse. And then the unstoppable force versus the immovable object on defense. Right. Yeah, so Jeff Collins is
0: their head coach. I really like what Georgia Tech is doing. He's in his second year. Last year was a transition year for them. They go 3-9, and nine, but Collins comes over from Temple, high culture guy, really just a charismatic leader. He was the defensive coordinator at Florida. And he comes over, they ditched the triple option, which did have some success under Paul Johnson. But Paul Johnson was just not big into recruiting. And they just never had that high of a ceiling. They actually had some good years in the ACC. They were pretty consistent, but they never had the talent level that they thought they were capable of in Atlanta and capable of getting to a higher ceiling. So Jeff Collins, a great recruiter. I mean, they've got four stars on this team. And you bring up Sims at the quarterback spot. He's basically a five-star at the quarterback position, and he looks every bit of it. He's 6'3", he's mobile, he can throw on the run, he can run the football, dual-threat guy. Very, very exciting what Georgia Tech has building. The question mark for them is they're still young right now. And while they do have talent, they're going to make mistakes because they are young. And that's
1: where Syracuse can maybe get some turnovers off of Sims. And that's the thing with Sims, too, is while he's an electric player on the field, he does make some plays tough on his receivers. He's not the most accurate guy out there. Of course, the interceptions, but even you look at some of the balls that are caught, a lot of it, not a lot of it, I should say, but a good amount of it is his receivers having to go up and make a play and make something happen. I mean, you look at some of the plays over the scene that he'll throw and it's he's turning guys around. He's not the most accurate guy. And again, he's only a true freshman. Of course, all of this is going to get better, but you know who he kind of reminds me of? Tim is is Lamar Jackson. Like I see a lot of wow. Lamar Jackson in Jeff Sims. He's got a good and, history <laughs> against Eric. Yeah, and, and so yeah, w- watch that corner of the end zone hurdle. So you might see that this week. Yeah. But I mean he's that's... a guy. He's gonna hurt you with his feet. He's pretty smart with the in terms of knowing when to tuck it and run and, and when to throw. And then on top of that, I mean remember the the big knock on Lamar, and a big reason why he slipped in the draft was because people didn't necessarily trust his accuracy. Yeah. Well guess what? He's pretty damn accurate now. And of course, Sims got, has what, two, three years to blossom into a more accurate passer. And this is a guy who I think can be very dangerous at the NFL level and certainly going to be dangerous in the ACC, especially given what we've seen out of Lamar Jackson and the success he had at Louisville. I'm not kidding when I say this, Jeff Sims is going to be a Heisman candidate by the time his career is over.
0: Yeah, it sounds bold and Don't get overreacting to that. Like As a Syracuse fan, when you watch him on Saturday, he's not going to be great probably unless he just has a very good game. But from what we've seen so far, he's going to make some mental mistakes. He fumbled the ball on the eight-yard line against UCF. He had two picks last week against UCF. I think he had a couple against Florida State, and they were pretty bad interceptions, honestly. So that's the good news for Syracuse. Yeah, a
1: lot of them are. And this is where I think it'll be interesting to see too because a guy like Andre Sisco can really feast in this matchup. If he's flying all around the field, Trill Williams too, and he goes undetected, their ball hawking skills are going to pick this guy off. Like right. I would, and maybe we can add this to the prop shop, but I seriously think the, the, a fair over-under to set in this game is two and a half for turnovers. I really think yeah. that Syracuse can, can make something happen in that department because this team does not take care of the ball. Right. And that's where you can exploit it. But again, not taking care of the ball only matters if your offense can, can punctuate on the other side. And that's something that we have not seen so far this year. And by the way, they've had a little bit of Syracuse-itis in the red zone. They have not
0: been good in the red zone. And sometimes they yeah. turn to They were their... the worst
1: red zone scoring team in 2019. So that's a, a trend that's kind of carried its way over here. Right. And a lot and that's of that's because of the interceptions. Yeah.
0: That's youth and, and making mistakes. So uh, the other thing about their red zone offense their kicker has been blocked four times already. And I don't know who to blame <laughs> so, there, but that's a key thing. And so they've lost a lot in special teams. They haven't capitalized red zone-wise. They've lost the turnover battle. But they've they've had over 400 yards of offense in each of their first two games against good teams. Florida State, while well, they're probably not the most disciplined team and they haven't really panned out so far this year, they have talent, more talent than Syracuse. You can't argue that. It's on the road. They put up over 400 yards of offense. And that's without explosive plays, as DeBundo detailed for us yesterday. They're last in the conference in explosive plays. So that tells me this is no fluke. It's not like they're just getting big plays. They play two very good teams, very talented teams, Florida State and UCF. And they move the ball just by consistently getting first downs and consistently winning their matchups. And they, I mean, over 400 yards of offense in back-to-back games, that's not something they would do in the triple option. This is a talented offense that Georgia Tech
1: has. And one thing that you bring up there, I want to bring this up with the kicks because this is a Syracuse team that, that thrives, especially defensively and on special teams. They thrive on havoc. And Georgia Tech's a team that gives up a lot of havoc plays, whether it's interceptions, the block kicks, like you mentioned. And Joe Testator actually, he was on that call of that first game. He gave you this fantastic stat out. And in regards to the three kicks that were blocked. There were two field goals and an extra point. You need one point... um, Here, let me read this real quick. You need one and a half seconds of hold. Like, that's what you're... Right. You're you're being asked to do. And Georgia Tech was giving about 1.25 seconds of hold on that left side. Because all the blocks came up from the left side. And so, it's just that... That quarter of a second difference is the difference between three points or a point and a ton of momentum going the other way. Like, that's the difference. It's a quarter of a second can make that difference. And we know that Syracuse has guys that can fly on special teams. I mean... Trill Williams is someone who I think I want to line up over that left side and see if he can make a couple athletic plays and maybe keep three points off the board here or there.
0: No doubt. I think this is going to be a pretty close game and we'll get into our predictions but for me Georgia Tech in order to win this game they just have to take care of the ball. I mean they're going to move the ball even though Syracuse's defenses look good. That's just the nature of it. They have more talent than Syracuse. Yeah I want to see
1: what they do against a true running quarterback. Yeah, I, like, right. Will the linebackers step up because they've been stellar so far? So much so that I saw Stefan Thompson. He made ESPN's list of the top freshmen so far, not just in the ACC but in the country. Now, granted, nine of the ten guys on the list were all ACC guys, but yeah, right. Um,
0: <laughs> it, but two and three. I mean,
1: strength. Sims and, and and one of the running backs for Georgia Tech made two and three on the list too. So there's a lot of talented youth on on this game. Yeah. Now that guy Gibbs they have
0: is. He's quick. <laughs> he had the 75-yard run back to start the UCF game. He was the 76th overall recruit, and now he's a true freshman playing for him. I and mean, they had the fifth-best recruiting class in the ACC last year, 27th best in the nation. We would be going crazy for Syracuse if they did that. We are going crazy, and right now they're at 45 in 2021. So they have more talent. It's just they're a young team that's going to make mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm with you, too. I mean, Georgia Tech wins this game handily if they take care of the ball. So we will evaluate our game picks coming up next. We're going to get to the prop shop, all of the ancillary bets that we're looking at, that we're making up for this upcoming matchup, and we're going to give you our picks for the game as well as the spread and the total. All right, that's coming up next. Tim, we're coming off a hot week yeah, in the prop shop. Yeah, big week in the you, prop shop. You... Went six and one, including hitting on Taj Harris to be the first touchdown score. That moves you to nine and five on the year plus five ten overall on the dollar count. I was pretty good too. I went five and two. The I only missed on the Mahoney mention as well as the I picked DeVito to rush for the first touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then we both missed on the Mahoney mention. I don't know how we missed on that, because they showed some highlights from the game, but Anyway, I, I'm plus 300 last week. That puts me at up 100 overall, so we're both up on the season, and we Look start with this one. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Um, but I'm 8-6. You're 9-5. You've got the, the big advantage, though, because of hitting that Taj prop. We start with this one. Because it is the opening of the new dome, will the word air conditioning be said by
0: 1205? <laughs> so the game starts at 12. I guess we should clarify. I mean, if you're if you're following on a laptop, it might be a little delayed. That could five skew games the after the Five yeah, minutes five, after the start. is Five it minutes should. after the start is what we'll do. And obviously, I, I put that in there jokingly because, you know, they're they'll probably mention the dome and they'll have to right off the top. The question is, will they bring it up right off the top that it actually has air conditioning? And that's part of the new renovations. I'm going to say they do. I'm going to say that's part of the open to the broadcast they've got a full thing on what they've added to the dome and they're just pumping it all up and they bring up ac and maybe they make a joke of it but i'm gonna say air conditioning that word is said by 1205
1: i'm gonna refute you there i'm okay. gonna go with right. no we will not hear it by 1205 that feels like something that gets fleshed out around like 12 first break or something. they go through everything yeah so i'm gonna say no on that next up are they going to call it the Carrier Dome on first mention? Yes or no? I'm going to say no,
0: just because the press al- press release that Syracuse put out this week, it was so funny. They they were like back in our house or something, and they, they don't even refer to it as the Carrier Dome, so they're still clearly in negotiations, whatever you want to call it. And I would say, you know, we've heard Sean McDonough joke about it, a former Syracuse guy or a Syracuse alum be like, Back in the don't call it the carrier dome or whatever he said, they probably won't get that clever off the top, but I would say they they just don't even say carrier. They just say dome right away.
1: I'm going to join you on that. I think I think you're right. I'm going to say no, because that feels like something that's been pressed super hard and I don't know what it's going to lead to, but I'm going to say no, it will it, it will not be called the Carrier Dome on first mention. All right, let's get into some things that are going to actually happen in the game. Right. <laughs> Tight end receptions. This is something that's been a huge, huge thing because this Syracuse offense— which thrived with the tight end a season ago, has yet to see one of their tight ends make a catch this year. So tight end receptions over under one and a half. That includes Luke Benson, Aaron Hackett, and whoever else they might throw out there in this offense. Yeah, maybe Chris Elmore will get some. I don't know. It's Does that count? Eh. Like did you see the Bears game? Did you see when Bobby Massey made the catch oh, right. off of yeah. the, the tip ball? Like, does that count if it's Chris Elmore? I I'd say
0: yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Kind of. We'll have
0: to we'll have to play it by year. We'll we'll see. Hopefully that doesn't happen in this game. Hopefully there's just clean passes all around. But man, it's so sad that this is one and a half. I I can't believe it's. I thought they would catch like two passes each of them each game, and they'd catch a touchdown like each week maybe or something. And that was the dream that after the red zone troubles last year, I'm gonna say they do get involved this week, almost as like some fan service from Sterling Gilbert. I think he'll he'll just give the Syracuse fans like two catches just so they can get off his back a little bit. And then he can have those two pocketed away. And, and he's like, oh, well, you know, if, if you guys want to come at me again, remember, I, I, I did get them involved. They had those two catches. But I it seems like they're not really a part of the long-term game plan right now. But I will say slightly over, I'll say one catch for Hackett, one for Benson.
1: All right, okay. Are are either of them a touchdown in your book?
0: No, I would say probably not. They'll be like quick screen right. passes. I mean, they should just... I was going to say, the tight end screen could actually be an
1: effective play this week.
0: Right, or remember last year against Western Michigan, Tommy threw a shovel pass to Aaron Hackett for a touchdown? Yeah. Like, can we mm-hmm. get some of that in this offense? I want to see
1: some creativity, yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm going to say the tight end receptions are going to go over because I think the it's starting to become a glaring issue now. And I think this team... Will be in the red zone a couple of times, and maybe they're going to try to get to that tight end a little more often in the red zone because I think the defense is going to set them up to be in the red zone a couple times too. So we'll see. I'm going with the over though as well. Next up, we have to run with this every single week. I mean, this is our Sadibe special at this point. (laughs) Syracuse, how many sacks will they allow in this game? The number this week is five. So I guess this could be a push. I didn't, it's a
0: tough one to set because, like we
1: talked about, you want to set a half, you want to set the half over or under.
0: Uh I would say five and a half, if anything. Five if and, and a half. All right, right so we're half. gonna put the yeah. hook
1: on the over. Five and a half are you going over or under?
0: I'm gonna take the under. I think they correct some things this week, and Georgia Tech just doesn't have the same amount of push in the D line as we talked about.
1: I'm gonna go with the under as well, just because no, of the fact that I think they're gonna they're it gonna it? commit to the run a little bit more. And yeah, and you can't get sa- you can get tackles for loss now, but you <laughs> you're not gonna get sacked on-, on running plays. At least you shouldn't be. So right. Um, if that, if that happens, then that's a totally different
0: question. Plus, if okay. Rex plays a decent amount, which we're going to get to here in the next prop, yep. then I think less sacks for Syracuse as an offense.
1: Okay. Next up, you mentioned it, you teased it. Rex Culpepper, how many snaps is he going to play? Dino said Tommy's the starter, but there are packages in there for Rex as well. We set the number at 8.5.
0: I had no idea what to set this number at because he's either going to play a lot or he's probably just going to come in for like one red zone play and not play, I feel like. Or Tommy has a better game and we don't even see him. So I I would say under, but I'm very torn on this one because it could go either way. I'm
1: going to go with the over on this. Okay. I think that we may, like, obviously we're probably going to see Tommy start, but we've seen Dino do weird things. And if this game gets wonky at the end and, and DeVito's been struggling, I don't think... We're going to see Dino be afraid to just say, all right, Rex, let's go. 17, get out there. And and you're just going to have to kind of go from there. I think we really could see a hefty amount of Rex in this game. Next up, the last prop before we get into our game picks with the spread as well as the total. Michael Jones, he's had a turnover so far in every single game. Does he pick up another one here? We're going to set yes at plus 200, no at minus 225.
0: Sadly, I think the streak ends, and I'm just going off of odds here. He's gotten a couple that have kind of fallen into his lap. That little lateral pass was kind of a good break to be there, and also a nice play. I mean, you got to give him some credit. Like, Cisco, he's got a nose for the football. But I'll say no at minus 225,
1: the streak ends. Now, are we also including if he forces the fumble? He doesn't recover it, but he forces it. Does that count? Yeah, we can count that. Or what if he has, like, the pass deflection that puts it... Uh, Yeah, see, now
0: now we're getting See, now we're getting... Okay, that's fine. But I think the forced
1: fumble, because that's a track stat.
0: Right, yeah, forced fumble is fine, but, you know, if he kind of led to his first interception of the year, and he doesn't get anything for that, well, he gets a pass deflection probably, but that's it.
1: Yeah, and a pass breakup. Okay, I'm going to go with yes on this one, just because I think we're going to see a number of turnovers... In this game, and just off of that fact, Michael Jones, he's one of those guys who he's got a nose for the football, and that's what he's shown so far through a couple of games. So I'm going to say yes, we are going to see a turnover coming from from Michael Jones. All right, let's get to our game picks as well as the spreads and the totals. So Georgia Tech comes into this game an eight-point favorite. This is all according to DraftKings. Eight-point favorite. On the road coming in, opening up the new dome. That eight that number eight right there is a, a very strange one in Vegas. Um but, right. but where do you where do you lean on this spread
0: right now? I'm gonna take Georgia Tech to cover, and I think this is actually gonna be a closer game, but my score prediction is 38-24. So pretty high scoring. I believe this is the game where the Syracuse offense comes alive, but the narrative after this game is gonna be like Finally, we got our offense, but of course our defense goes away for this one because I do believe in what Georgia Tech is doing as a program offensively and the talent they have on that side of the ball is hard to ignore for me. So I bet it's close throughout and then Georgia Tech kind of gets a late touchdown to cover and makes it look like it's a little worse than it is. But I do think Georgia Tech wins this game and they end up covering 38-24
1: is my pick. I'm going to go kind of the same philosophy uh, I think it's going to be a little more spread out, but I'm not. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring. I'm going to pin this one 24 to 10. Georgia Tech takes this one. They cover, but I don't think it's going over the total that's been set at 52 and a half. You think it's going over? I think it's going under, and I just think the the defense is going to hold up enough for for Syracuse. And again, 20 28 point or 27 points is still a decent amount to give up, but it's going to feel like a 27 where you should have won. Kind of like the UNC, where it was, what, the 31 points, but you should have won.
0: Yeah. No, I I hear you on that. So you're going 27-10? Is that your score? Yes, 27-10.
1: Yeah,
0: I I don't know. I think this is a game where the offense comes alive. Now that we're into week three, I feel like these offenses are going to start playing a little bit better. So for the first time, I'm going to say the over but it's going to I think this is a tough matchup for Syracuse's defense. I've liked what I've seen so far, there's no denying it and this is actually a team that overall is less or is not quite as good as Pitt and North Carolina overall, but this is a good Georgia Tech offense. To put up the numbers they have against Florida State and UCF, they're probably going to do the same against Syracuse.
1: All right, that's going to do it for your Georgia Tech preview here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Going to be a fun game, I think, this weekend. Hopefully the offense can figure some things out, and we can we can talk about the offense in a little more positive light when we get into it. And maybe, again, like I've kind of said, I didn't take a ton away from those first two games because those two teams are both way ahead of the curve. But this is a Georgia Tech team. Beatable, but... You're also going to have to prove that you can do something on offense. We will see. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and we will talk to you with a full breakdown of all the things that happened in this game on Monday.